Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Kirkenback. Our sermon text comes from our epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of servants that they be found trustworthy. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each will receive his commendation from God. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon was recorded earlier at our divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we get ever closer to the celebration of the Feast of our Lord's Nativity, we are reminded by our readings and propers this Advent season that what we are looking forward to as we prepare in Advent is not the birth of our Savior. After all, how can we prepare for something that has already happened? But we are preparing for his coming again. Yes, we prepare and celebrate for the birth of our Lord as it is right to do, but we do so in a way that reminds us that just as God fulfilled the promises to his Old Testament people in the birth of Christ, he will fulfill his promises in Christ's reappearing at the end. This is how our readings this morning connect with our season of preparation, especially that which seems to be the most ill-fitting at first glance, our epistle lesson, with its focus on the office of the ministry. This morning, we will see how this text fits as we also look at the doctrine of the office of the ministry and see how it relates both to Christ and to Christians. Our epistle this morning opens with these words, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And it is these words which will guide us this morning. The first thing that we see about this office is that those who are placed within it are to be regarded as servants of Christ. Those who are in the office of the ministry can have many different titles applied to them from the scripture, such as pastor, teacher, overseer, elder, and others, but these titles do not detract from or change the fact that the men who occupy this office are not their own masters, but servants of their master, Christ Jesus. This was important, especially in the time of St. Paul, as many of the Gentile religious and philosophical teachers that the people in Corinth would have been familiar with and run into would have thought of themselves in this way. They were lords and masters in their own right and to be honored as such. But Christian pastors are not to lord over congregations as rulers or to think of themselves as masters, especially as independent masters with no accountability. Unfortunately, we see how this can arise not only in megachurches, which seem to be designed for this, but also in small congregations, where a cult of personality can develop around a pastor and it ultimately becomes more about him than it does about Christ. When this happens, 
the pastor, whether he means to or not, rules as a tyrant. May God preserve us from this. Instead, the pastor is not a master, not a lord, not a king, but a servant of the true king of the universe. He is his servant, his minister, in the sense that we use that term of governing officials being ministers or servants of the queen. The one who occupies the office of the ministry is and is to be a servant of Christ, occupying himself not with whatever he pleases or looking for ways in which to enrich or empower himself, but rather is to be occupied with the things of Christ, his master and king. Thus he is to teach and preach and pray for the people of God. And while it's an error for one who occupies this office to assume he is his own master or a master over a congregation, it's equally an error to see this man as a servant of the congregation. It's something that's easy for us to fall into in our culture, as we have a culture that's very entrepreneurial and very business-focused and oriented. It's easy for us to slip into the idea because we pay the pastor, he's our employee, our servant. God preserve us from this too. Like the pastor that acts as his own master, one who is seen as the servant of the congregation or who sees the congregation as his master has its own problems that can arise. While the one who acts as his own master seeks ways to enrich and empower himself, the one who sees the congregation as master may be threatened into being fired if he doesn't meet numerical numerical targets, or if he does not please the congregation. Thus words go unsaid, teachings untaught, in order to keep from offending one by what Christ has said. St. Paul wrote, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. By saying a very small thing, he's saying it's not important to him, it's not meaningful. For the one who occupies that office is ultimately a servant of Christ. Of course, if there be an unfaithful servant who neglects his duties to which Christ has assigned him, he should be rebuked, and if that does not work and does not correct him, then he should be removed from his office. But here St. Paul is talking about not being judged by human standards, which are often fickle and in line with the world's goals and views. And as Christ is the master, it is his standards and judgment which matters. Thus, he must always be ready to suffer, like St. John the Baptist, for serving Christ, rather than changing his message to suit the people or serve them in a way that was pleasing in them rather than to God. But this is ultimately for the congregation's sake. It does you nor any congregation any good if I were to not preach the truth, if I were to call none to repentance, if I were not to serve according to Christ's command. While this may be more pleasing in the short term, it is deadly in the long term, for it does nothing to prepare one for the coming of Christ, who comes to bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. That is why Christ sends his servants to his people, so that they might be his stewards of the mysteries of God. For God does not work without means, but always has chosen to work through means, through his word and through his sacraments, and through his servants as instruments of his work. 
This is the way in which he has always promised to work. This is how he worked in sending the prophets to proclaim to his people. It's how he worked even in the sending of St. John, the forerunner, to go before his son, Jesus Christ, to prepare his way. A steward is one who is charged over the treasury of another and is responsible for dispensing it and ensuring that the estate and treasury are run well in the place of the one to whom it belongs. As stewards of the mysteries of God on behalf of Jesus Christ, the servants of Christ in the office of the ministry are responsible for dispensing the mysteries and grace of God to his people and all who would come to him and his church. There to dispense his teachings, to bring out from the whole counsel of God treasures of doctrine that the people of God may be built up in their knowledge of the truth and grow in faith and love of him who has revealed himself in so wonderfully and beautiful ways in his word. They are to dispense the mystery of salvation, once hidden, but now in the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, is revealed so that we may see how great our God and Savior has brought about our redemption. As a steward, I am to dispense to you the chosen people of God, whom he has purchased and won with the blood of his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the one for whom Israel hoped and the world, even though it didn't know it, longed, that in his grace he did not come immediately to sweep out his threshing floor and to burn the chaff with fire, but instead to take on the sins of the world and to die that by his vicarious atonement he might save those who believe in him. I am to heed the call of God to Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Brothers and sisters, Jerusalem of God, your warfare is ended. Sin, death, and the devil have been defeated. The battle remains in this life, but they have been utterly defeated by Christ. And if you remain steadfast in the faith, you cannot be defeated by them. Because of this, your iniquity is also pardoned by Christ through your faith in him, which is given as a gift. The Lord Jesus has taken your sins upon himself and died to save you, that you might have the fullness of eternal life, a life which does not end, a life in which you shall see God and live. For he will tend you, his flock, like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Stewards of the mysteries of God are to administer the sacraments of Christ, those signs which Christ instituted in order not only to be marks of profession of faith, but also efficacious signs which convey the very thing that they signify. So that through the absolution, I proclaim sins are forgiven, not of my own will or of my own power, that would be ludicrous, but of the command and authority of Christ. So that in baptism, it is not really I or any other pastor who baptizes, but it is God himself through the hands of the pastor and through the water because his word is present 
and he has promised to forgive sins and be present with his grace and spirit in this sacrament, which imparts faith and regenerates the heart by the working of his Holy Spirit. So that when I place bread in your hands and touch the cup to your lips, I am not merely giving you bread and wine, but rather the very body and blood of Christ, which Christ himself has caused to be present by his word and command. It's not even the words that the pastor chants which makes Christ present, but it is Christ himself, whose first words of institution, which he spoke on the night when he was betrayed, continue to be active in all times and places, so that by his will and power he comes down so that he may graciously be present in his body and blood for those who receive him in faith. That is also why we practice closed communion, for Christ has said that the one who comes to his table but does not believe that he is present, nor who believes the promise that this is for the forgiveness of sins, does not receive his body and blood for their good, but receives his body and blood to their judgment. And while this teaching sometimes makes things difficult, especially when we have friends and family who do not believe as we do, we are to remain faithful to Christ as we are all responsible to him. Thus, Christ works through his servants and his stewards. But I must tell you, brothers and sisters, that I nor any of Christ's servants are perfect. I will make mistakes, I will sin, despite my struggling against it, just as you all do at times too. I too am being prepared by Christ for his coming. So in these times when I am, when I wrong you, do not mistake my faults for those of Christ's. All my errors, mistakes, and faults are mine and mine alone. And even if I am not aware of anything against myself, I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. But know too and remember, dear saints of God, that all that you receive from my hand, which is good and true and beneficial, comes not from me, but from my master and my Lord Jesus Christ. And so being responsible to him, pastors must be careful not to seek the approval of men. It is tempting to not say something, lest one be offended and look down on you. It's tempting to not teach the full truth so that a member or potential member will like you more. God preserve me from this, so that as your servant in Christ, I do not seek your approval or shy away from teaching the truth of preaching both the law in its sternness or the gospel in its sweetness, but rather let me be faithful to him just as I always encourage you to be faithful to him who called you out of darkness into his wondrous light. For Christ calls his stewards to be faithful. Indeed, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. For the time is coming when the Lord will appear, when he comes again, when the Lord comes in might and all will see him, when he comes to bring the light of things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart, when each will receive his commendation from God. That is why he has sent me here. That is why you have called me here as a congregation, to prepare you for the coming of Christ. It is no good for you if your pastor is like a reed shaken by the wind, unsure about what to teach 
and of what is true, and thus unable to teach and unable to instruct you in the way of righteousness. It is no good for you if your pastor is like a man dressed in soft clothing, who flatters and seeks approval like a king's sycophant. No, what is best is one who prepares you for the coming of Christ through preaching both repentance and the good news that the Lord is merciful, gracious, and sent his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives all the sins of those who repent and believe in him. Being forgiven, you need not fear the coming of Christ. You need not fear that great day or the day when you go to meet him. For all your sins are no more, they are forgiven. Instead, that day will be a time of consolation and of joy and of heavenly peace, which can only come from our God and Savior. May God grant this unto us all. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> 